Hey friends, welcome to the Story at the Center podcast. My name is Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are so glad that you are joining us on this season two journey of the podcast. Uh, if you've not heard episode one, the season premiere, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because I just think it's transformational for this entire series. Mm-hmm. It sort of sets the stage for what I believe God wants to do through stories. Um, our friends... Um, ben and Crystal Woods joined us. They are the founders of the Brave Way Home, and their story is just so compelling. And so, um, really, it's it is sort of a microcosm of of life in general. When you talk about um, tragedy and loss and struggle, but joy and triumph that comes from following Jesus. And so, I just encourage you to go back and listen. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for <laughs> what are you waiting for Seriously. subscribe to the podcast because that's the easiest way for you to know when new episodes drop now new episodes drop every other friday and but the easiest way is just to subscribe yeah, and subscribe. when you do that um your podcast app will notify you when a new episode drops so we'd love for you to do that would you also do me a giant favor and go and leave a review Um, rate the podcast because that helps people find us Um, Abby you and I talk about this all the time this podcast is not about us Mm -hmm. we're just sort of the facilitators um, that bring the stories and kind of move the conversation Um, God is using these stories God wants these stories to go um, into the lives and the hearts of those who might be um, walking through similar things so make sure you Go and subscribe and rate and review the podcast because it is the best way to get these stories out. So, Abby, why don't you tell us about today's episode? So, today's episode, we are we have a great friend of mine, um, Alexandra Spears. Um, she and I um, met last year, last fall, in a Bible study together in a young adults, uh, young women's Bible study. Um, and she is a student at Sam Houston State University. Um, she's studying criminology. And um, most recently, she was also a student ministry intern um, for our church uh, at Austin Christian Fellowship. And she just loves Jesus and so much. And um, she has an amazing story. I mean, she's been through she's walked through some really cool things in her life and also um some really hard things in her life um but she she's talking about it all today on the podcast and um where she's been where she's lived um and she just has a real interesting story so definitely uh stick around and so you can hear from alex alex thank you so much for being here we're so happy that you're um on the podcast today. I was going to start out um, just to ask you a little bit about um, some of the background that I know about you, and that includes living overseas, which mm-hmm. I didn't find out until what, like, we had kind of known each other for probably right. like two months, yeah. and I was like, was so funny. wait, you, <laughs> wait, you weren't, wait, what? What? <laughs> I was like, you didn't live here? I was like, that's crazy. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Like, tell that, um, how did that come about? What was your experience with that? Like, just all the things. Yeah. Um, so, I was born in Austin, Texas. Um, my family left when I was two, and we kind of jumped between South Africa and Mauritius, which is a small island um, 
kind of like on the coast of Madagascar, just okay. like for reference. So we jumped between those two countries um, for about 13 years. So yeah, so I left here when I was two, moved to South Africa, lived in Cape Town until I was like six, then I moved to Mauritius, um, stayed in Mauritius for like eight years consistently, and then moved back to South Africa for a year because our visas got revoked, and mm. then we had to move back to America. Um, so I've kind of ping-ponged between those three okay. places most of my life. So yeah, so you, the majority of like so you were 13 when you moved back here you said right i was or, yeah 14 14 yeah. so like you were what that's like seventh or eighth grade when you came back to the states and it was so i was uh, like right about to be 15 so okay. it was my freshman year of high okay school. that's yeah, crazy which was a huge change because yeah. i mean schooling is like so different obviously yeah. over there and i was always in like private schools and even the school like timeline goes from January to December instead of like starting in August which I was like this is so weird so my like that was my first public school it was huge because private schools are like tiny so I was like there's so many people here I mean they were so good at sports they were so good at like academics I was like this is just such a weird change for me yeah so did you have any um I guess what was your like church background as far as like overseas and like versus like coming back here like were you always tell us a little bit about that like were you always like attending church or no like all that stuff yeah um so yeah I mean my family's always been like Christian background um so we had a really strong church family when we were living in Mauritius that's kind of like the people I grew up around um and honestly like we weren't expecting to move like Mm. that move was like kind of crazy for us um so yeah I had a really strong church family um on the island grew up with all the kids kind of went through like the um like all the youth events Mm -hmm. until I was old enough to be in like the youth groups and all of that stuff um but when I moved back to Cape Town in the eighth grade um we kind of like we visited a few churches because we were trying to settle but then we found out we were moving again Mm -hmm. so it was kind of just a lot of like unsteadiness and like nothing was predictable at that time and then we moved back to the states um Uh, We started going to Hill Country, but I really wasn't, like, involved in the church. Mm -hmm. It was more just, like, because my mom wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of hard to go from, like, such a solid church family who, like, literally all the families knew each other. Like, we had sleepovers all, like, every single weekend Mm -hmm. with all the different kids. And so, like, coming to a completely different country. And even though I was born here, it wasn't, like, my home. Right. Um, So I was, like, kind of bitter for a little bit. I mean, I'll admit it. Mm -hmm. Um, It, yeah, it was hard for for me to, like, imagine getting that involved in another church. Um, so I actually started working at Hill Country mm. in their kids ministry, which helped. Um, but I still wasn't really involved in like young adults or youth or anything like that um, until I actually came to ACF. So okay. this is pretty much like the only church family I've had since moving back like six years ago, which has been crazy. But yeah. I mean, it's been amazing. That's so awesome. That's super cool. So Alex, what would you say your experience living overseas did for your relationship with God? Yeah. Like the different cultural expressions, maybe the different um and and then contrasting that in moving back to the states, specifically here in Austin where like you know pretty much every vibe is like a vibe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Sure. It doesn't matter what vibe it is. It's it's, just, a it's a vibe. You, like so, you know, keeping Austin weird and yeah. all that. Yeah. Um yeah, just kind of talk to us about that 
like looking back on that experience, mm. yeah. what did it do for your relationship with God and how did that help or hurt maybe yeah. the transition back? I mean, it's been really interesting living in different countries of course because you can see god in so many more ways like he's definitely not one-dimensional you just see like the 3d version i guess Mm. um i mean whether it's in creation different landscapes different environments or just his people obviously like different cultures the way they celebrate him um or even don't celebrate other gods it's it definitely taught me a lot and then moving back here was actually pretty hard in that relationship with God. I it was like I said I was pretty bitter for a while. It was hard to I mean, it's like I think everybody has a point in their faith where they're like why God or mm-hmm. I thought you were good or I thought you were like you loved us or whatever, which of course he does. It's just like you have to get over that step, which is I mean, like an individual experience for everybody. Um and I definitely went through that especially early on in high school. Um and just not being involved in a church family, it was so much easier to, like, kind of stray from him and mm. just not have, like... I wasn't grounded, really. Um, and actually, what Sophie said on this podcast before, like, I think about it all the time when I, like, reference things like this, where she said um, she didn't struggle in her faith, but she struggled in her walk. Mm. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's honestly just the perfect way to put it. Like, I always knew... Like, whether I was in a questioning mode or I was, like, angry at God or whatever, I still always knew that, like, he had a plan and it was going to be okay and it was going to work out. And I, like, always had the faith, but I wasn't always, like, striving to figure it out or to, like, get closer to that. Um, So I don't know if that, like, answers your question. Yeah, for sure. One of the things you said, and I can't, I honestly... I was I, I stopped thinking and I was listening to what you were actually <laughs> saying, which is actually a good thing. Um, but you 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 sort of talked about like you you weren't you alluded to the fact that you weren't really connected, mm. and that made me think of like a tether, mm-hmm. like a tether line, like what we're tethered to, mm-hmm. right? And you can acknowledge God right like oh he's yeah he he's over there mm-hmm. but maybe not be tethered right to him that's yeah. not that's not where you're connected mm-hmm. right if you disconnect from that and you connect to something else or whatever then yeah like that that it just reminded me of that what you said because um like i think that's so foundational mm-hmm. is just the understanding that we can acknowledge him and we can know things about him and know truths about him. But if we're not tethered to him, if we're not anchored to him um, consistently, then, then we start to, we start to feel that disconnection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And that sounds like what you experienced. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely accurate. And especially the part where you like, when you recognize that you're not tethered is kind of an interesting experience because then you really do feel that gap. And then that's, like, your critical, like, pivot moment. Like, are you going to, are you going to lean into it and, like, figure this out and, you know, just kind of restart your relationship with him? Or are you just going to, like, kind of accept it and lean into, like, what the world has to offer, which isn't much, obviously, you Mm. know? So that was a pretty cool moment. Mm. Yeah. When? Oh. Go ahead. No. (laughs) No, go ahead. This is that moment. Um, When was it that you what brought you I want to say and I I never want to be like 
you know, go ACF. Like, we right. <laughs> obviously, we love our church. We love our church um, and our family. But, um, like, what was that? Like, what brought you here? Like, what brought you in? Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, we have our small community of, like, yeah. those girls that we've been involved with that have been in, with ACF for mm-hmm. years, you know, um, and all that. But, like, what, what brought you in here? Honestly, um, a lot of it was quarantine, um, so I went to high school with Sophie, and we became, mm-hmm. like, pretty good friends senior year, and then we ended up going to ACC together freshman year, and I, um, knew that she came here when she was in high school, I just never did, um, not for any reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were still, like, really good friends during quarantine, and then everything with my leg happened, my accident, so I had a lot of downtime, and, um, I would, like, she would come over and hang out with me and stuff, and when I was able to, like, walk again, and we would hang out and do our thing, um, and she was telling me that she was, like, leading a small group, and that the girls were super great, and, like, fun, and this was, like, her church home kind of thing, so one, one night we were hanging out, and Katie came over, and so I met Katie, and she was basically, like, hey, so Sophie's leaving to college, we need a replacement, if you're interested at all, like, I know you've, like, worked with students before, um, would you be interested in this, so I met with her one other time, like, one-on-one with Katie, um, because I was, like, kind of nervous. I was, like, oh, I don't know, like, what I'm doing. Um, but I was, like, I just felt, like, this pull, and I was, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be proactive about this, and I'm gonna say yes. I just feel like I need to do this, um, and it was really cool, and so I started leading this group um, of girls, and then I came on a Sunday because I was, like, well, I'm leading for this church. I feel like I should kind of know what they're about, um, so I came on a Sunday. Will was talking. I took so many notes that message. I was, like, wow, this place is, like, I loved the, I loved the preaching style, I loved yeah. the people, I loved that it was, like, a small church, Hill Country's pretty big, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of, like, reminded me of my old church when I was growing up, um, and it was great to, like, have people here already that I was close to, like, mm-hmm. Sophie and Ella and them, because yeah. um, I wasn't, like, all alone in this new church kind of right. thing, so that was really cool, and I just, yeah, I just started coming every other, like, yeah, every That's Sunday after that. Right. And then, obviously, like, I met you. We yeah. had our small group yeah. with Katie. Um, met all the people here. And it was all just, like, people. it just felt, like, so right. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. But, for yeah. sure. Like, I think that's, like, one thing that, for me, like, even as young as, like, how old was I when we came to ACF? I was 14. So, it was my seventh grade year, I mm-hmm. believe, when, we, when he came on staff. And um, I started you know, attending the youth group and just everything. And I was like, for some reason, like, it just felt Mm -hmm. like, right. I was like, I feel like I'm just supposed to be here. Like, it just feels like this, like, giant family. And you're, like, really welcome in. And um, it's really cool. And that's really cool. Yeah, it was the welcome in without, like, being awkward. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's not like the, hey, you're new, sign this card. Yeah. Like, it was just like, Brandy was like, (laughs) hey, you want to come to lunch? (laughs) And you know Brandy. Yeah, for sure. I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. Episode two? Is that Monica and Brandy? Episode two? Season one? I can't remember. No, that Sophie was episode two. I think they were episode three. Episode three. Brandy and Monica. There. Check that out. Do that. East Texas does podcast. They Brandy's just so amazing. She's, She's incredible. So this whole this whole episode is just gonna be us talking about all the people we love. <laughs> yeah. No. But um, you mentioned we can kind of tether that to part of your story, which is your accident mm-hmm. and how you saw God. Yeah. Move there, and that was kind of you said talking to us prior, like that was your 
almost like an altering moment for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So like, tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So at that point, um, before, before the accident, that was, I was still working at Hill Country, but it recently been shut down because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like for the whole world, just kind of like a lonely time, I Mm -hmm. guess. We, we didn't really know what was going on. Everybody was confused. Nobody was working. It was weird. Um, so that was a strange time. And, um, do you want me to kind of, like, explain, like, what happened? Okay, so it was the day after my mom's birthday. We were meeting up with my grandma. Um, stuff had, like, kind of started to reopen because we we were going to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so we were on our drive back home. It was, like, 9.30 at night, kind of just getting dark. Um, and we were on 360 going home, green light. We were just cruising. Um, I saw this car, like, from the corner of my eye. And I always, like, point stuff out to my mom when she's driving, and it just drives her crazy because she's like, I know what I'm doing. So I was like, okay, fine, I'm not going to do it this time. Mm. Um, But, like, they weren't stopping, and I just, like, you know in your gut, you just just know, like, something's going to happen. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I was like, okay, I know something's going to happen. So I, like, kind of yelled because at this point we were, like, very close to hitting each other, and I was like, mom, like, they're not stopping. And literally as soon as that sentence, like, finished, we got t-bone so mm-hmm. basically it was a drunk driver she ran mm-hmm. the red light turning left and we mm-hmm. were going straight so she t-boned me like directly on my side of the car um we spun a bunch of times i thought we were gonna like roll flip die the whole thing it was very scary mm-hmm. um so we stopped spinning finally um my mom it, like is able to get out of the car my sister gets out of the car i couldn't move i looked down my leg was literally looked like a cashew like it was literally bent like this <laughs> Um, the dash was, like, caved in, so Mm. my, it was, like, right at my knee, so I couldn't move. Um, my door was stuck, um, and a bunch of guys, like, pulled over and were, like, trying to open my door and Mm. stuff, but basically, I knew my leg was broken. I Mm -hmm. looked down, and I was like, there's no way it's not broken, so I couldn't do anything. I just had to wait for the EMT's firemen to come. Um, so they came, they gave me ketamine, kind of knocked me out, put me in an ambulance, um, was, like, in and out, woke up at the hospital during, like, one of the scans or whatever, um, got surgery the next day, so I have, like, this titanium rod from my hip to my knees, um, because she broke my femur, like, literally right in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty much the accident, um, my sister broke her wrist, too, and my mom was pretty badly hurt, but she didn't break anything, um, so that's kind of, like, the overview of the accident, Mm -hmm. so, I was in the hospital for, like, four days, and I could go home finally, um, and that was super weird because I had zero independence, like, mm-hmm. and I'm a yeah. p- very independent person, just in general, um, and I literally couldn't, I mean, I couldn't get in bed by myself, I couldn't get out of bed by myself, I couldn't do literally anything mm-hmm. for a solid, like, three weeks it was like that, and then it kind of got better where I could do some stuff by myself, but for the entire summer, I was in, like, PT, like three times a week people had to help me with everything it was like really hard and that was when I was actually supposed to go to Sam Houston Mm. for the first time so it's gonna be like my sophomore year yeah so that was pretty upsetting because I was like seriously god like I thought you kind of lined this up and Mm. this was kind of like my first taste of oh I get to leave and go to college and like have that experience so I mean I had that mindset for like only a couple days honestly I kind of bounced back from that and I was like okay so this has happened there's obviously nothing I can do to make it not happen. So, like, what are we going to do with this? So I really, like, dived into my PT. I, I like working out a lot, so I kind of yeah. treated it like my workouts. Yeah. And the people there were super friendly and funny, and we, like, joked about it. Um, and in that, in all that downtime, um, 
I was able to kind of like dive back into the word a lot mm-hmm. and do like some devotionals that I had previously like were on my bookshelf but I hadn't really looked at mm-hmm. kind of thing so I went through some of those I started listening to Sadie Robertson's podcast mm-hmm. I love her I um, love her podcast <laughs> and I was just like I mean I have all this time like God didn't let this happen for nothing mm-hmm. so let's kind of figure this out um and that was like right before I met Katie and ACF and everybody mm-hmm. so that kind of I think primed me to just be able to like open up to a new group of people and like trust um to see like what God had for me because I mean like I wouldn't have been an intern this summer I wouldn't right. have like met you guys I wouldn't have met yeah. Josh like all these right. things like and it's yeah. just been so redeeming and just really yeah. cool to see that journey because I mean obviously it wasn't easy I mean it was extremely painful very hard lots of tears you know all the things but I mean like looking back I wouldn't have changed it after everything that's happened yeah. you know at this ACF family that I have now yeah. so it's been really interesting you mentioned family <laughs> okay <laughs> Sorry, I'm emotional. I'm like, these stories, they always get me. I'm like, Alex is amazing. So, you know, anyways, go ahead. Now, you mentioned family. Mm -hmm. Like, and you talked about your previous church experiences overseas as family. Mm -hmm. And how, like, it felt like that piece was missing for Mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. But then you, then you described yourself as independent. (laughs) So... Talk to us about, like, was was your independence something that came out of the shift back to the states, um, and like, and then did the accident maybe shift you back into that family <laughs> focus? Yeah, that to the to un- the understanding of the connectivity mm-hmm. of what family brings to you, us. That's actually really interesting because I've never thought of it like that until like you just made that alignment so that's pretty interesting um so I think a lot of my independence comes from when I was younger growing up my parents got divorced pretty early um so I mean I tried to like take care of my sister as best as I could and like kind of hold my own because I didn't want to add um like, I didn't want to be another problem for my parents mm-hmm. because they were going through so much. And I know that's not accurate now because mm-hmm. I'm, like, an adult and I, you know. Sure. But when you're a kid, you don't understand things. Right. And I just kind of, like, didn't want to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of did things on my own. Like, I did my schoolwork without my mom telling me. I, like, tried help cleaning up without her telling me. So that's kind of, like, what I mean when I say I'm independent. I just, I like doing things by myself kind of thing. But when I had the church family, like, the first time when I was little, I didn't have to do those things by myself, because people would, like, step up and, like, help us and do all the things, um, that my family needed at the time, so when I lost that, it is actually interesting that you said that, because it definitely kind of makes you a little bit jaded and cynical Mm -hmm. if you're not, like, a super positive person, um, so probably my independence got pretty heightened, um, And we also moved, like, schools a lot, too, and I was, like, always the new kid, and eventually, at a certain age, like, that wasn't fun anymore, Um, especially, like, being a teenager, like, moving into that time is a whole different world in itself, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like, moving around, not having my dad in our family anymore, it was just, like, super weird, so I just kind of did my own thing, but was closed off at the same time, because I didn't want to open up to other people, and so I think like through quarantine and all of that experience where I was like allowing myself to get ready for that again without knowing honestly yeah. um 
I have seen like a lot of those the more negative side effects of being independent like slowly be chipped away um just by having this family again and like letting people help and realizing that it's okay and that like that's what they want to be doing the same way I want to be doing it for them so like letting people into my life again and trusting has definitely like kind of put me back in the mindset of like when I was a little kid and that was like fun and like we had the church family so Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually interesting that you put it like that yeah it just made me think about it right like the 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 journey Mm -hmm. right and it, it your experience just reminds me like in my own personal experience the understanding that you know if god take allows these things to happen he mm-hmm. has a purpose for it um and just like stepping back and going oh man where's where's the bright spot right mm-hmm. where's the good what 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 has god done in that and mm-hmm. um it was just it was just something that, that popped in my brain yeah. like like well i wonder if there's a correlation there mm-hmm. it's uh you know, it's one of the things that we've dis- I think we've rediscovered as ACF as God's God's church as family. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not to take that for granted. Yeah. Right. That he he gives us that. It's like his purpose. Um, it is. It is the. It's not church as as corporate. It's not church mm-hmm. as as organization. It's church as body. Mm -hmm. It's church as family. Um, And just like, you know, at one point, one part of your body didn't operate like it was supposed (laughs) to, right? Like, that's like a microcosm of the bigger thing that God's doing, right? Like, like he brought brought that family around you. He brought that body around you to help you when you couldn't do for you. Mm -hmm. And now you get a chance to do that same thing for other people. Yeah. Won't he do it? I mean, there are just some times where I'm like, God what the heck like you're really cool like you're a really cool dude because it's like there are so many there are so many things that just like until you like put the pieces together Mm -hmm. you're like i don't get it and then it's like it all completely makes sense like and i think um when you were talking about just like the move and like everything like it's so crazy because like up until like us like getting to know each other a little bit more like i didn't realize how like similar we were as far as like our stories and like things that we've like walked through in our lives as far as just like like I moved all the time I mean we moved all the time as kids and like so like I completely get the whole like the certain point where being the new kid is not fun anymore like I remember like my seventh grade year when I moved to Mm -hmm. Leander Cedar Park um and I had once again moved schools and I was like you know I was like this is just it's like if I had to tell one more person what my favorite color is yes, exactly <laughs> it's like the hi yeah. you know I'm so and so like it's just not a fun share with us one random fact oh, that yeah, we wouldn't gosh, know literally, yeah. it's like at that point, I had just had my random fact ready to go because right. like, I've had to tell you kind of like if one more person <laughs> asked me to do an icebreaker. someone's gonna die. You kind of start to think of your life. And, like, condense it into, like, the back page of a book. You know, yeah. like, before you buy a book, you, like, read the synopsis on the back. And you, like, start 100%. to do that with your life. And you're, like, this just isn't fun anymore. Well, and it's, like, then you're, like, there's so much more to me. You know, right. there's so much more to me yeah. than just this Cliff Notes version of right. what I just tell people. Um, and I think when something unexpected happens as far as, like, um, 
that could be anything but Mm -hmm. like for you it happened to be like this giant move that you Mm -hmm. didn't expect and you're coming back to the states and it's like okay um I think it is human nature to retreat Mm -hmm. especially with God and to be like Lord what the heck like what's going on like I don't understand you think you have like this entire plan and then he's like okay actually Mm -hmm. we're doing this now yeah um and so when you know we were talking about just like the independence thing and just how like I completely get it like I have walked through that in the last year and so it's really interesting to see how God like brings us out of that and Mm -hmm. like the situations he puts us in as far as like bringing us out of that and like it's funny because, like, I feel like, in a way, like, both of us were going through that at the same time, like, with COVID, mm-hmm. and just, like, then ACF bringing everyone back together and the way that, like, we didn't have communities anymore, and then, like, we all just became one big family, and it was like, right. okay, now I'm learning how to rely on people <laughs> again, and it's like, because at a certain point, you just kind of say, yeah. no, I don't need It's kind of scary anymore. when yeah. you, like, start relying on people 100%, again. A hundred percent. Like, that's, like, trust is, like one of the hardest things I feel like yeah. it's like well, one of those. It's, it becomes a defense mechanism right? yes. that independence becomes exactly. a defense mechanism mm-hmm. against like I'm not going to let somebody in because mm-hmm. maybe they're going to leave right? or the circumstance is going to change or I'm mm-hmm. going to go Yeah, right? I'm going to move again or yeah. I'm going to do that I'm, I got to yeah. go again and like that's going to be a separation and that's going to hurt and that's going to be hard and at the end of the day I think right we talked about tethering mm-hmm. right if we know where our hope is tethered mm-hmm. where where our purpose is tethered, where our gifts come from, right? The, the personality and the things that he made us to be and do, those don't change if we're tethered to the right. source, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but man, we all walk through that. We yeah. all have things that we're like, mm, no, you know, yeah. Um, no, I'm not doing that again. Um, <laughs> walk down that road, got the t-shirt, not really interested in experiencing that again. And so, and yet God <laughs> in his goodness says to us, um, hey, maybe let's try that again. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll, I'll share with you my heart mm-hmm. and teach you the things that I have for you in that. Um, so this summer you worked as an intern in the student ministry here. Yes. And so what would you say if there's one thing that you walked through in your experience, all the things we've just finished talking about, that you brought to this summer Mm -hmm. that you like, if, if I can leave one thing with students that I served this summer, what was that one thing? It's a good question. I mean, cause there's so many things, right? Um, I think a huge, a huge thing that I tried to kind of leave a mark on the students as I would hang out with them and stuff um just to encourage them while they're young because I only learned this now and I it would have helped me so much when I was younger um is that you don't have to be like put together for God Mm -hmm. to see you um because he just meets everybody where they are Mm -hmm. and he knows your entire timeline and he knows exactly what you need in that moment um and I think that's just really important especially like it can be a a little different to like being females and like growing up in different environments and stuff like there's just so many different expectations um and you really don't have to be like put together you don't have to be perfect by any like form of the word you know he sees you wherever you are so I mean just like the simple fact of just like calling out to him 
in your room at night alone like with tears mm-hmm. streaming down your mm-hmm. eyes like he sees that yeah. and it's like what you said like he keeps your tears mm-hmm. um or even if you're super happy and celebrated and exciting and you call out to him like he sees all of that and it doesn't mean any more or less to him because he's constant right it's so good. so yeah. yeah that is yes. took me a while to to learn that one no, so <laughs> still learning it right <laughs> well and i think it's really 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 important and especially now because our culture is so circumstantial mm-hmm. right right like i'll love you if yeah um, yeah i'm gonna stand beside you until mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna um uh, see you as valid right <laughs> only if fill in the blank yeah right and god's like no mm-hmm. yeah I made you. So I'm the one who prescribes the value of that, mm-hmm. right? Of my creation. And so, man, that's, that's so good and so needed. Yeah. And I've just, so that you know, like I've heard so many good things about Thank you. you guys this summer, yeah. specifically you, um, and how well you related to students and how you poured in and the, the value of that. Um, people walked away from so um, it's you know understand that God is using what he's brought you through for really really good things yeah thank you yeah yeah it's exciting (laughs) it's so next steps for you are um, you're going where are you going yeah I'm going to I keep like looking at you like you're gonna say it like we don't (laughs) know who's gonna say it (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to be moving to Huntsville, um, Texas, I'm going to Sam Houston, getting my degree in criminology, unless God does something else and changes that, uh, but that's the plan for now. Um, and yeah, my goal is to be in some form of like federal law enforcement. Mm. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, just trying to do one thing at a time, yeah. but yeah, that's my next steps. What do you feel like? kind of taking away like from ministering to people younger than you but also I mean with even just us being um young adults and us ministering to each other Mm -hmm. with whether it was with me and you and Katie and Sophie and Mm -hmm. Ella or whatever whoever it was um but like after you've now had this leadership position to minister to the next generation what are how are you going to take some of those things to minister to the people on campus like well that's good yeah um it's funny because we just kind of went through some similar questions like in our kind of exit meeting with Mm -hmm. um christian and katie and ryan um and one of the things that me and ryan both kind of said was just um kind of just like being there for people you know people don't want especially people who aren't believers yet um which is kind of more of the environment I'll be walking into Mm -hmm. um people don't want to be like preached at you know with the air quotes um they don't always want to like hear the lectures or like they think that you're trying to say that you're better than them or whatever Mm -hmm. you know they get defensive right so like just doing your part to serve them and show them like what God's love looks like and what just being a genuine true friend looks like because they don't have that and just like being consistent until they're ready to come to the point where maybe like they will hit you up for that church invite or they will like decide to come to a small group or just ask you questions or you know whatever they need in the moment just being there until that happens Mm -hmm. because 
I mean, like, just preaching at them or saying that they're doing something wrong and then walking away is not going to do any favors for them. And honestly, it might make them, like, go deeper the other way, you know? Um, So I think I'm definitely going to focus on that. Um, Not saying it's easy at all, but that's probably going to be one of my goals for sure is to just definitely get plugged in with people who are already believers to get that filled up, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, to make it more, like... To enable me to better, like, pour out to other people who maybe haven't come to that point yet and just, like, being consistent for them. Yeah, I think that's definitely, like, the definition of being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's, like, it's not going out and being, like, hitting throwing bibles at people like I think right that, that's what that's beating what them with the word um, but but physically embodying mm-hmm. who jesus was and who he is mm-hmm. and um doing the like the nitty-gritty as you know you would mm-hmm. say like getting down like yeah. and dirty with like people yeah. and right. like really just like living life with them I like that's the biggest thing like Mm -hmm. I feel like and that's what I love about our people here and like just like our family here is that like I think that's a huge thing it's like we're we're living life together this is what we're doing right we're walking together we're all trying to figure it out yeah and just really having that like right hand man and just like the person that you can go to and be like have a really hard day but Mm -hmm. like have your have your friend to just be there for you and I think that's amazing and um I give you double thumbs up for that that's just so good like that's I feel like what a lot of people just need and Mm -hmm. so I'm very excited to like see where God's gonna take that because I think he is going to move in huge ways like I'm just so excited like I'm getting like just pumped up right here in my seat just like I'm definitely excited too that's so fun yeah um it's great um to to hear your story and to get to know you a little better and um see sort of like see the timeline of what god's been doing and um because then it does lead to the anticipation Mm -hmm. of what he's going to do right like and i think that's the beauty of reflecting Mm -hmm. right and celebrating what god has done recognizing it and pointing it out because then we get to, I think it raises our faith level. Our expectation yeah. level goes up mm-hmm. as we look back and go, oh man, God showed up this way and this way and this way. And I see how he took that thing and he molded it to use it for this. And man, I, what's he going to do next? Mm-hmm. What is the, what This season's been really great. Yeah. And how's he going to take that and use it yeah. for the next thing? And so really, really, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And well, yeah, thank you. It's been great. To, so, um, yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, um, we look forward to hearing about what God's going to do next. Absolutely. <laughs> Coming up on the next episode of the Story at the Center podcast. And our, you know, our kids are in uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. They just know that we're going to keep leaning on the promises of God and His Word. And so what happens is they start galvanizing, their faith starts to become galvanized and they start looking at things in their life as saying, hey, this is, God's got this, Mm -hmm. which is one of the really cool things to watch, right? As I'm sitting here with you guys, you know, when you watch your kids pick up their faith and carry it on their own and they're not hitching their wagon to you anymore and they're not hitching their wagon to their youth pastor, they are carrying that themselves through 
hardship because su- suffering is going to be part of this deal. Nobody right. escapes it. Mm-hmm. No one escapes it. And so to see that happen uh, has been a really, really awesome thing to watch. And we've had to see it. You know, we've had some health issues and uh, recently with my parents, uh, specifically my mom. And, you know, as a family, we're coming together in faith and believing and knowing that God's in control and watching my children go in and serve her and um, truly try to be a, a light. No, they're huge believers and, and they're in the same place we are, but those are the kind of things you want to see in your family. And it only comes through hardship. You know, though, those lessons in relying on God's promises only come through through hardship. And so they got to see it firsthand. You are not going to want to miss October 1st podcast episode with Square Cow Movers managing partner Wade Lombard, who um, shares with us um, his his life, his family life, his business life, and his faith life that are all wrapped together, cannot be separated, and you are not going to want to miss this episode of Story at the Center. We can't wait for you to hear it. Join us on October 1st for the next episode of the Story at the Center podcast.